Hi, I'm Daphne Gardner. And I'm Kate McEdwards. And a stained one said, it's been a while. <laughs> Welcome to Ladies, Ladies Horror, Horror Night. In the name of Satan, I place a curse upon you. In what movie is this from? I spit on your garage. You did remember to invite some cute boys to the party, I hope. Of course I did. And we're going to scare the shit out of them. He's so cold. Is the pizza... Guys think I'm too smart. Come on, I know a professional version when I see one. Point sir. Daddy, you want some? What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? Oh my god! Hi guys, we haven't recorded in so long. I'm scared. Welcome to our episode on Kay Fujiwara in collaboration with the FF Fest Female Filmmaker Festival at the Quad Cinema from October 25th to October 27th, screening a bunch of badass films by female filmmakers. There's going to be some great panels. So here's the thing. FF Fest is showing this sick double bill of Tetsuo the Iron Man and Organ. Kay Fujiwara... Uh, acted and shot parts of Tetsuo the Iron Man, but Organ is her directorial debut, and she also acts in it. So those are the- and she produced it. We have a lot on our hands right now. This mm-hmm. is a true badass. Well, of tell us about Kei Fujiwara and all the things that you learned about her because yeah, I learned a lot from the. Internet. I mean, Daphne went on a website and then Google translated it to get this information. So she went the extra mile. I just wanted to call you out for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think it's good to big up other women when you're in the room with them. (laughs) Thank you. And that's right. I know where the Google Translate button is on the bar. (laughs) She was part of this theater group led by the director of Tetsuo. So he made this play. And then he was like, honestly, TBH, building this fucking set is going to cost so much money. Let's just shoot it as a short film. And thus Kay became part of the Tetsuo legacy. She ended up acting in Tetsuo and then helping shoot it. She shot like at least half of it, if not more. So then from there, she starts her own theater company called Organ Vital. And they put on a play called Organ. And then in the tradition of, you know, years past, she's like, let's make this into a feature fucking film. And that's the film we're going to watch tonight. And it's about the dark markets of organ harvesting on the streets of Tokyo. Right. And she describes it as like a story about someone rotting from the inside. Wait, and can you tell them uh, like the best part? What's the best part? About the, their like filmmaker frat house. Oh yeah. Okay. So then this was really cool. So apparently there's this whole book about Tetsuo and how it was like such a nightmare to make. Um, and one quote. I'm not surprised. And so basically when they were making the movie, obviously it's like very low budget and the crew was all living together in the director's apartment. The lead actor who plays the salary man, the guy with glasses that turns into the Iron Man, he said, he was like, I knew from the get-go that this was going to be a fucking nightmare and we were all going to be on each other's like shit all the time in this house. So I specifically did not live there. I wanted to keep myself away from the crew so I could have the mental capacity to go in and keep making this movie because it was so intense and difficult to make and he was like and every time I would come back to the house and we would be shooting something one less person from the crew would be there because people just kept quitting because it was so hard to make and everyone was driving each other crazy so by the end the actors were like lighting their own scenes like that guy and Kay they were doing everything so it's kind of crazy that the film 
got finished, got distributed, is the cult classic that we know. Tell me, like, what did you actually think of Tetsuo? We, okay, so this is the story behind Tetsuo. So not the actual synopsis, but the st- our history with Tetsuo yeah. is, it, it doesn't really exist anywhere except for on Shudder. But, like, it wasn't really working for us at the time, but it was our fault. I'm saying this right now, Sam Zimmerman. I'm so sorry <laughs> for texting you at 11 p.m. on a Sunday to basically troubleshoot you <laughs> this shutter problem so go get your shutter subscription asap right now we give out sam's phone number in case anyone has an issue with shutter yeah you can just, find it in the show notes if you guys have any technical issues with shutter.com just text sam just text him the syringe with blood in it emoji and he'll get back to you asap, ASAP. anyways we couldn't get it to work it, but daffy was like fuck it I'm downloading it, found it online, and um, then I was like, I can't send you this file, it's too big, for WeTransfer free. And then Kate was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to watch it then. And I was like, fucking open Google Hangouts, I'm screen sharing, and I'm playing this on VLC Player. Could it be more DIY? She called me saying, I know you're really tired, like, we're, we're just going to talk for two seconds, spiraling into <laughs> me watching this movie via Google Hangouts for uh, almost two hours. Yeah. I think we both agree. It's like Metropolis meets a Nine Inch Nails music video meets early David Lynch. I feel like this is like the birth of cyberpunk. That's what they say on Wikipedia. They say it's so in the cyberpunk oeuvre. The, so somebody took cyberpunk and sanitized it. And obviously I'm leaning into it in a way where I'm like, Kei Fujiwara, who are you? What did you bring to this production? Because in the beginning, I felt like it was this very like male fantasy. A man going through life weak and victimized and then like a sultry, seductive lady who's his girlfriend. I'm trying to think of like how to frame this from her perspective. Everything is very on her terms. No matter if she's fucking him or he's trying to like pin her up against a wall or whatever, Mm -hmm. she's... In my mind, the way I saw it, she was, like, there for it the whole time. Like, she was totally fucking in control and insane. And, like, when she was in the room, Mm -hmm. she was controlling. Okay, so one thing I wanted to say is, like, I'm being a (laughs) dork right now and I'm rereading a lot of film theory because my one of my BFFs is getting Are you going to talk about Laura Mulvey? Fuck yeah. But it was interesting because when the movie started, I was like, oh, this is such scopophilia, male fantasy, projecting his fantasy onto a woman and what the woman represents is just like the other and the lack or whatever and I was like wait just kidding she literally has a vacuum hose as a dick now she does possess a phallic symbol and she's totally dominating him and it's like he's kind of scared of it he's kind of into it and so I think overall however you choose to read Tetsuo (laughs) there I think that Kei Fujiwara's involvement as an actor and as a cinematographer definitely helps break open what might have been more of like a heavy male gaze film and like some parts of it do feel like a female gaze and what was interesting is the one part of the movie in Tetsuo that I found kind of upsetting they become attracted to each other once again and he has this like drill bit for a dick but it's like seven inches long and then they start it seems like fucking and then he kills her which I would assume is that he kills her by fucking her with his drill bit dick well, the way that I saw it mm-hmm. through Google Hangouts was <laughs> he was passed out. She wanted to try it. And she was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go down in glory on this, like, crazy fucking dick. Thelma Louise. She Thelma Louise herself I, on that dick, fucking drill bit thel- dick. And then he woke up and was horrified that he did that. Right. He, he did that, in right. quotes. Right. But she did it. But she it did it. Him. I felt like it was, like, all of her agency. 
for all those reasons and more, I'm really excited to watch Oregon to see Kei Fujiwara like not only be acting and but be directing and producing and really just be fully at the ship's helm. Honestly, if I if I have to be honest, honest. with myself, be honest. I think it would be better to see this on the big screen than Google Hangouts. <laughs> Great. Well, so should we start Oregon? Yeah, let's start it. I'm excited and scared. I'm already sold on these hot Japanese biker punks. Okay, so we're meeting the main two dudes. Two detectives staking out a hospital where they say they're suspecting people are organ harvesting. Ooh, now we're in the organ harvesting room. A little trip hop soundtrack. Fuck yeah. It is 1996. (laughs) When did the Sneaker Pimps come out? I don't know, let me Google it. Okay, the band Sneaker Pimps formed in 1994. Oh, so Six Underground is from 1996. I knew it. It was a great year for (laughs) trip hop, ladies and gentlemen. Here's my question. Can you please ask a question? I'm dying over here for a And question. this is mostly directed towards Ida Lupino, but like also all female filmmakers. <laughs> How come sometimes the main guys, the main characters are men? If it's a female filmmaker, like why not make them women? And I know that's like kind of, I guess you could call it a dumb question, whatever. Catherine Bigelow would probably laugh at me if I was Catherine asked. Bigelow would hate you. She would hate me. And then she would say, Daphne... So what, you don't want, you didn't, so <laughs> shot so Daphne, you didn't want me to make Point Break with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze? And I would say that's different because that's a gay action movie. So clearly it needed to have gay men in it and talk about the homoerotic relationship between two super awesome surfing guys who just can't have sex. So you didn't want Ray Fiennes to be all sweaty in Strange Days. Mm, I but guess. also she she did she she cast strong female characters. No, totally. Oh, God, did I just say strong female character? I mean, Whatever, that's a good thing. Yeah, I know. Is it dorky to say that now? No, I just, you know, there's like t-shirts and stuff. Let's say strong hate. female lead. Yeah. I literally almost bought one two years ago. The female organ harvester boss just said, I'll kill you if you fuck this up. So that's pretty dope. I don't know. I guess it's like a dumb question, but it just feels like something where I'm noticing that there's one female character in this film. And especially with a woman at the helm, I always wonder why not more. Right. That's fair. That's a fair question. But if I had my way, I'd probably just have everything have women in it, except when it's like Keanu Reeves or Patrick Swayze. Or like 80 of the guys I say are hot. Come on. Right. Ugh, I'm so bi. It's disgusting. <laughs> Such a poster child for annoying bisexuals. Same. So basically, Oregon, it's the story of Yoko, a young, beautiful woman working at the slaughterhouse, a.k.a. the Oregon Harvesting Farm, who's just trying to make her ends meet and get through life working with a bunch of fucking bonehead dudes that don't understand her and make blowjob jokes and are annoying. It's just like, you know, relatable. Hello. I don't know. I guess he's a cop and he like has to do the right thing and stop this alive person from being harvested. Mm-hmm. But it brings to mind another horror movie question. You know, like if you're roaming the grounds and you see someone being harvested or hung from a str- bunch of hooks in the sky a la Midsommar, 
do you stay and try and save them or do you run and get help? Help. You know, yeah, that's obviously the answer. But, yeah, help. Yeah, this cop is like, <laughs> oh no, the organ harvesting team is turning on one another. Classic small co-working space issue. Ooh, so is that dead body have like, like, like a reverse Frankenstein moment? <laughs> Where he's yes, like, it's a reverse Frankenstein because he's dying. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> being electrocuted to death. We got this file from a friend of a friend because it's a VHS rip file. There's a little line of VHS, like, um, what's that called? That little line at the bottom. Commonly known as the South Node Lightning Strike. <laughs> South More commonly known as the South Pole Landing Strip. Oh, yeah. How we even got this movie today. Oh, my God. Thank you, female horror community coming through for us today. So Daphne was like, should we just ask FFF if we can borrow their DVD? And I was like, and then if something happens to it, the screening does not go on. We cannot ask that. But we're having a lot of trouble finding it. Couldn't find it. Yeah, we couldn't find it. And so I was like, no way. I'm just going to put like a call out on my Instagram. I never do that because I'm like, there's no way people are going to like actually look and help me. Like people are only out for themselves. <laughs> Everyone's awful. No one gives a shit no about one... anyone else. Um, but immediately I got three different responses. One from my friend who works at Criterion, who's like a friend who works at the office, has one at home, but he's away right now. So he'll be back in two days. He'll bring the DVD to our work. I'll rip it. And I was like, I love this. Yes. But, you know, we need it now. <laughs> yeah, because we basically only have one night this week we could record because of Kate's very busy schedule. So we're going to do it tonight. That's it by hook or by crook. Right. So my friend Charday, she came through like girl was probably at work, but she's a boss bitch and she just made it happen. And she was like, I'm I have a lead. I have a lead. I'm like, great. And a friend of hers, Catherine, had a VHS rip of it and we transferred it to me and then I forwarded to Daphne because AMC Networks blocks all we transfers. <laughs> so then I quickly downloaded the we transfer at my job at Viacom Networks which does not block we transfer. And then she texted me and said we're good to go but do you have a VLC player and I said I don't know <laughs> and then I put it on this thumb drive which I had used that morning at work to bring my friend at work a copy of Beau Travai which I had ripped earlier in the year because that's a great film Claire Denis Fumo filmmaker shout out <laughs> yes <laughs> so here we are in my bed watching it on a laptop it actually looks really good yeah the VHS rip, rip is vis-a-vis thank Catherine, you Catherine vis-a-vis Charday, thank you um, and that all happened within a few hours. Um, and honestly, it was probably a lot easier than like going to meet someone to get a DVD. Like we never even had to leave the comfort of our desks. But at the same time, why is everything so fucking like a million steps with us? Because we didn't take the time f- 10 no, days earlier just, when they asked us to do this to see where like, the film even was. Even when we're trying to like watch a normal This movie. is what DIY podcasting is about. Okay, so we're like jumping back in. They're tracking down the criminals. Someone has to sacrifice something. I mean, I think, bottom line, it's not as much about the story as it's about the journey. Exactly. So basically, it's like, I don't know. It's Is it like Point Break or is it not? I mean, there were buddy cops, and then one of them got neon glow electrocuted, 
into oblivion and his partner got thrown off the case and is now like searching for meaning in his life slash really wants to solve the mystery. A really great description of this on IMDb by somebody. Ultra auteur, <laughs> Kei Fujiwara takes a bold step into a bloody landscape where Cronenberg drops acid with Lynch as Dario Argento serves up liver mush sandwiches to the late Mr. Fulcio. Whoa. Fulci? I think he means Fulci. What's the username? Give him a shout out. Tron 16. Tron 16. Yo, also a good movie. Yeah, he also obviously That's is deeply ingrained in cyberpunk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he called him Fulcio. Oh my God, don't feel bad for him. It's fine. He posted it. He could have fucking, he was on the internet. He could have fucking looked it up. I feel bad for her. <laughs> You know what, bitch? It's called incognito window and three seconds. Get over it. I'm not here to feel bad for some man misspelling something. <gasps> okay, sorry. We're doing like, there's some kind of school teacher fantasy happening. Pervert. Something about it, it doesn't feel like the traditional way that we're used to seeing like a schoolgirl being objectified by her teacher because she is like slowly vomiting out orange goo and he's kind of turned on by it but also like what the fuck mm -hmm. it's just like the imagery it doesn't feel like it's the normal trope version of it mm -hmm. it feels like a subversion of it through horror i just want to say i didn't even finish reading visual pleasure and narrative cinema i basically got through three pages of it because theory is you don't really need to read the whole thing you can like take little bits and pieces and just make it work for you that's what okay. i did in college it's just so, it's so dense. It's like eating chocolate chips. It's like after a while you have to just stop. So yeah, the cop is with some dudes like hanging out and they're fighting about who cleaned the toilet or not. <laughs> oh, okay. So the cop is befriending the toilet cleaning guys because he wants to get to the bottom of the organ harvesting. He's just doing some recon. <gasps> the toilet cleaning guy is, he called the organ harvesters his kids. They're my kids. Okay, the schoolgirl and her teacher are like drugged and lying in the organ harvesting area, staring at a cocoon. I could really see this part being amazing on the stage. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. The cocoon is being, a woman is being birthed out of it. Is that a caterpillar or a dick? Yeah, she's pulling something out of her belly that's really phallic. Don't put it in your mouth. No! Dude, like I said, K Fujiwara, true freaks only. Yeah, I would say, how did that butterfly imagery affect you? The butterfly imagery in this movie? Unaffected. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I love. <laughs> You're like, didn't do anything to me. <laughs> Try again, K. But I love, I mean, the cocoon scene is epic and it's yeah. the, I mean, it's the titular scene. It's interesting though, because as the movie goes on and we develop this cop story in tandem with like the actual organ harvesting in tandem with this like school teacher fantasizing about death, she's tackling some big ideas. Yeah, oh, so one of the guys, he's growing all of this, like, kind of flora fauna all over him. He's kind of becoming a different organism. Oh, he's imagining that he's rotting from the inside. What? If we didn't know that this was about rotting from the inside, 
what would, would we, we think? <laughs> no, I wouldn't think. I wouldn't be able to put that puzzle together. Do you think this movie's cyberpunk? I don't think so. I think it's just a horror movie. I feel like it's more of like detective Yakuza style with some gory elements. I think that's in terms of like an already established genre, but she's definitely like doing her own thing. There's a lot going on. But having just watched Rabid, Rabid feels a little more clean cut right. in its surgical gore than this. Yeah. This feels a little more... Like, it's messy. Yeah, it's yeah. messy. And like, Tatsuo is very messy. Right, but it's like... What Not in terms of style, but in terms of, like, the actual body transformation. What makes this film so incredible is to see a director be this ambitious, to see a director being like, you know what, I want to make a cop drama that's also part gang drama, that's also about organ harvesting, that's also like an emotional meditation on what it means to decay internally and externally. Here you are, an ambitious female director sacrificing none of those ambitions to go full throttle into the world of multi-genre filmmaking. That was fucking epic. And honestly, you need to get to the quad ASAP. Go see this film for FFF or just two Fs. Last F is for fest. And if you like what you're listening to, subscribe on iTunes, rate and review our podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Ladies Horror Night to stay up to date with the latest episodes and see when we'll be hosting our next live screening. Do you think my voice was too high? Do it again just so you have a second take. Okay. Don't move your mouth like that. Okay. Take three. Do it one more. Do it slower. And keep the mic in one position the whole time. Sit up, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. 